I'm Jason Klom, and this is Comedy on Vinyl. The year is 1970, the album, Pearly, the artist, Cleavon Little, and the original Broadway cast, and my guest this week is Dieta West. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Jason. So we are using Pearly as an excuse to talk about one particular person. Why don't you tell me your relationship to that person, and uh, we'll go from there. He is my wonderful biological brother. I have a lot of brothers and wannabe brothers and mm-hmm. a lot of them out there, but uh, he's my blood, my best friend, my kinfolk. Uh, he was the love of my life. Oh, that's so sweet to hear. I, you know, it's, he, he's a person who, it's so interesting because if I, if I dig back into Cleavon Little's, uh, I'm sure it's incomplete, but his, his Broadway database is probably incomplete because I know he did so much stage. Uh, go to his IMDb page. Like he did enough, but the, the, it, it's amazing that this one role from Blazing Saddles, uh, just for those who don't know, he started in Blazing Saddles and, and is the reason I know who he is, that that has had the impact it has had. Um, and that it, it's enough to make me need to know as much as possible about the man's life because there's only so much you're going to get from Wikipedia and none of that's from the mouth of, of, of his sister who grew up with him. Now, he was born in Oklahoma. Were you both born in Oklahoma or was that later on? No, I was born, um, myself and my sister, we were born in San Diego, California. And mm-hmm. so um, Cleveland and my uh, other brother were born in Chickasha. Chickasha, I guess I'm saying it. Some say Chickasha, whatever. Chick, Oklahoma. Chickasha, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, did you, was that ever, were your parents both from Oklahoma originally? No, my dad was from uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. And and my mom from Texas, uh, Tyler, Tyler, Texas. Mm-hmm. And so they met along the way and... Mm-hmm built their foundation in Oklahoma. And wow. then from there, I, I can't remember how, what got them out to California, but I'm glad they did <laughs> come on out to California <laughs> and, and had the rest of us kids. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want, so uh, for those who aren't aware, um, Obviously, Cleavon was a, a performer. You're a performer yourself. Is it just the two of you? Did anybody else in the family perform? No, no. My, just my the two. other brother and, and sister uh, were, worked for the government. So they were like, one was a, a disability analyst and wow. the other one, uh, and they worked for the city for when we were in Los Angeles. They, they worked there. Pretty much that was their career, mm-hmm. you know, their lives. Yeah, so... Um, Cleveland and I were the only two that were uh, went forward in the entertainment industry. And I we were close anyway, but I think that's what connected us even closer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What's what what was the first thing you ever saw him perform in? Um, Pearly, I had to think because I saw him in I'm not Rappaport as sure. well yeah but pearly was the the first one because that was his big one now like you said there were probably so many other things that he he did that didn't make imdb or wikipedia and any of that but those were in his beginning years but his really big one was pearly where he also he along with melba moore uh garnished that uh tony 
the yes. uh, Tony Award. Yes. Ah, uh, this yeah. holy cow! I'm. Here's the thing, I'm super ignorant when it comes to musicals, even though I grew up on them. Like, unless I grew up on it, there's less chance I, I would have heard it. <laughs> this is such a gorgeous soundtrack. I wish I could have seen the show. Uh, how how must that have been to see him perform in this kind of a venue? It was overwhelming because yeah. first of all, for for us, I mean, I knew he had a little voice he had a, he could hold a tune but to see him performing hurley and all of the music that he had to do and and i realized after the fact not when i say after the fact when he was in rehearsals and when he was doing he said well you're this you're the singer you're the singer but i've got i've got a lot of singing to do and he said i need you just to pray pray for me that was his that was the most nervous thing for him i think that was very challenging for him but he accomplished it and very well, obviously, because yeah. he received the Tony for it. So that he was talking about stage fright. That was very difficult for him. So um, mm -hmm. I was just, when I saw it, I'm like, dude, I mean, like you did that thing. I mean, <laughs> and you did it and you were chewing gum and walking at the same time. You were singing and you were moving and, uh, Hurley, you know, he he was just doing his thing. So yeah. um, it was exciting. Oh, that's so good. I, 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 this is, yeah, this is a show that I wish there were, I don't know if there were any like visual recordings of it. We're lucky we have this because it's not like he was with the show forever either. Um, right. He was, you know, there, Sherman Hemsley's there as well. I, I, I forgot to mention Sherman Hemsley because uh, another person who I don't think of as a musical person at all. So I had no idea. <laughs> right. I had zero idea. Right. He, uh, he did great, too. He was Gitlow. That was his, mm -hmm. his role, Gitlow. And then, of course, Melba Moore, um, yeah. she has she is the voice. You know, she's sure. amazing. Sure. Yeah. This oh, this is so good. Him him in this great uh, preacher's outfit with the two patch knees. Uh, like I uh, just, just that picture alone. Is yes. So good. Yes. That makes you want to see the damn show. Oh, it's so good. Yes. Looking. Oh it's goodness. online. You need to check it out. Maybe yeah. just—it's on YouTube, I believe. Oh, good. Yeah. See, because I—I saw one clip of 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 him performing. I don't know where on what show he was performing, but it it was it was enough again to make me want to see much, 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 much more. Yes. Yes. So you uh, you you're one of those people who got to watch him evolve, not just as a person, but as a performer, et cetera, et cetera. So it, so he came to you asking you to pray for him and his and his singing. So at that point. So where were you in your, uh, I don't know how much, I don't know the age difference. So where were you in your career, in your singing life? Um, I I came out singing. I was born. Yeah. My, <laughs> they, my, I think my parents already knew that I was going to be doing something very vocal. I was not going to be an introvert or someone. <laughs> who did, uh, because they, back in the days, old time, old school, they used to pet the baby on the, the, the bottom to get those lungs pumping and to get them to just cry. They said, you came out crying. You just came out like, mm -hmm. I am here. <laughs> I am I am baby, hear me roar. Because <laughs> I'm going to be a woman one day and you're going to hear me roar, you know. So that was pretty much, um, I had been singing all of my life, even before um, 
uh, Cleveland went away when he won, uh, I think it may have been ABC, they had a search, a talent search, and the winner was given a scholarship uh, and they sent him away to New York and that whole thing. That's how he started. And so I was still in oh, wow. high, high, high school when all of that happened. Oh so, my goodness. Yeah, and we are, he is uh, 11 years older than me. So, oh wow, okay. Yeah, so if he were here today, he would be 80, I'm 71, yeah. He would be 82 years old. Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, so we, like I said, he all, we, I was singing when I was in what they now call middle school. They've changed all the names, but sure. in my day, it was elementary, junior high, and high school. Yeah. And so I was pretty much in, I believe, junior high school when uh, he started, but I was on stage even during that time, during play, doing plays in school, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, singing uh, the alma mater, singing at the football games. And when I was in high school, um, I would be, would sing the Star Spangled Bat, whatever. I, they actually, they used me up. They took advantage of me. <laughs> <laughs> You got a voice like that, you know, you got to, you know, you, they don't, kids don't know any better that they should be getting paid, you know, so they're like, screw it, let's fine. Yeah, yeah, bring, bring her in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She right. can do it. Right. As, long, as long as you're getting paid for the Rocky theme, that's all that matters. That's, that's, I hope that's happening. I better still oh, be happening. It's still happening. <laughs> Good. It's still happening. Good. Because I, can I, <laughs> I was oh. looking, up, looking up your credits and I'm like, it's popping up. Everyone's like, oh. Well, I hope she's still getting paid for that because oh, oh my boy. god! I mean, I got paid very well when I when I did it, and that was something that I pretty much stumbled upon. I believe that we all have, uh, we all I know that we all have a purpose and a destiny, and we've been created on purpose for a purpose, and mm -hmm. we have to walk in that. And so, for me. When you know that your steps have been ordered and you know that not in arrogance, I say, I have gifts and I am very talented, just like you have gifts and you are very talented sure. and you were born for this. You were born for what you're doing now You're because you love it and you're passionate about it. And it's not something you struggle with. The only thing you probably struggle with is, oh boy, I could sleep, but I know I got to do this interview today. <laughs> let me get myself, let me do my research. But at the end of the day, it becomes fulfilling uh, for you. So the Rocky thing was really, and again, like even every time it airs, which it's almost, almost like Blazing Saddles. It's a, yeah. um, what, what, what do we call that? It's a, um, oh, what's the word for it when something just lives on? Oh, um, like a perennial? Yeah, yeah. probably a better word for it than I than that. Yeah, so so it, it is <laughs> just like Blazing Saddles. It's going to air forever. People are always hitting me up and saying, "Oh, I see your brother and, and yeah, on Blazing." Saddles. I said, "What channel is that on?" And it's usually on one of those uh, odd channels, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, yeah, Rocky. I still get those royalties. Good. And, yeah. <clears throat> how did how did that? Let's let's. I I, I want to talk about his career as well, but I, I am curious about your own. Um, how did you get the Rocky thing, the Rocky Three theme? Okay, Here, I'm gonna try to. I'm very chatty and ver very verbal, as you as I told you. I've been born like this, talking a lot. But I was working at um, uh, CBS in Los Angeles, and I was working as a assistant to. 
the salesman to our, our sales oh, wow. in our sales department. So I was an executive assistant and working with me. And I had no idea. I just knew she was one of my coworkers was a woman by the name of Shelby and her, her name was Shelby Conti. Uh-huh. And so we, you know, we worked together doing our uh-huh. little, we were called secretaries at that time, but as you move on, they now cranked it up. Now you're an executive assistant. <laughs> Honey, you're a secretary, okay? <laughs> but anyway, so uh, we moved on. And so I just remember, I would, I would sing sometimes at my desk. I had no idea of her connection. I would, you know, sitting at my desk working, like humming and singing or doing whatever. And I remember one day she said to me, I'd like for you to meet my husband. And I said, okay, <laughs> why? <laughs> she right. said, because you, I hear you humming around and singing and I believe you have a great voice. And he's a writer, a composer. He's um, this, you know, and we moved here from Europe. His, of course, he's Italian, Bill Conti mm. is Italian. And we moved here and she said, and he's just trying to get his get his roots going here because he was very big in, in Europe. But now it's a whole different thing going on. And I said, okay, what did you want me to do? I just, can you just come to my house and I just want you to sing, sing for him. And I said, oh, okay, <laughs> I, I'll do that. You know, um, so that's what happened. We set up a time and I was very nervous because mm. here is this, beautiful Italian man sitting at a piano. He didn't even look at me. I think in his mind, he was like, but he did kind of tell me later after we made the connection and things started, he said, he was like, oh God, and my wife, here she goes, bringing home another (laughs) starlet, (laughs) a groupie. And so I remember him, uh, because I had uh, told him, told her what I would sing. And because she wanted him to be prepared because he played for me. Oh, sure. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. And so I walked in, I stood at the piano and he stood and he kind of, I'm standing behind, kind of on the side of him. He looks up at me and uh, he said, you start, I'll pick you up. You start the song. And um, I remember singing, um, uh, oh, what, what is her? Oh gosh. Oh, Danny Bell. I think I, I think I sang for him killing me softly oh wow okay yeah and and that because i know it was one and i started singing and i i kind of saw him kind of because i wasn't looking at him while he was playing i just had to look find some a picture on the wall or something so i could not be so nervous and i sure. felt him kind of look up at me and i kind of stopped because i figured okay have you heard nothing he just he said like gave an indicate you know to keep going keep going okay and Love it. so that that was that and after that uh, i he said you have a very nice voice i said thank you and i just kind of let it go and the next thing he's reaching back to me to do a few go into the studio and i did some demo sessions for him mm-hmm. which he uh you know of course they paid me for but he was doing i was the voice that he would submit to some of the networks for music to be used on uh, some of their developing series. Right. And the big, the Rocky thing came when um, he asked me, he said, I, I want to use you. I'm scoring the movie Rocky Mm -hmm. and I want your voice on that. And I said, Oh, okay. (laughs) So he brought me in and he said, do you know of a tenor? 
because he was now he was asking me to help bring some voices in. <laughs> and so we did that, performed it, overdubbed it. So when you you hear the fly now, flying high now, it sounds like a big choir, yeah, yeah. you know, <clears throat> and it's just a bunch. And, you know, the studio, you know, that studio it was just a few of us in the studio and they overdubbed. Uh, the voices and his wife wife ended up singing on it because she oh had so soprano voice. So little did I know here was this secretary that would introduce me to the man who became here because, you know, he was doing the Oscars, the music yeah. for the Oscar. He was doing all of that. And then that's when he brought me back for um, the song, You Take My Heart Away. So when you see Rocky, yeah. and that's when he had Adrian and and that was meant, he said, I'm gonna, I'm, I want you to record this. They're looking for a name, but I told them, when you hear this person's voice, I know you want a big name, because originally they wanted to go for Gladys Knight, which a lot of people say I remind them vocally. And mm -hmm. so I did the soundtrack and we did the soundtrack. Wow. The song is touch me, take me in your arms, shelter me from harm. Let me love you for a million years more. That's when Sylvester had Adrian in his apartment and put the turn the radio on. And he convinced United Artists, why don't you use her? Of course, it was some good convincing because they were going to have to pay Gladys Knight tons of money. Sure. And they, I'm sure. sure my what they paid me was half of what they gave her. Right. So that's my story. That's wow. how it started. That's nuts. Those are the kinds of stories that I'm sure still happen, but I feel like go back a few decades it's more common more you know it becomes increasingly more common the one example i tend to give is i once interviewed the tv director jay sandrich who's directed some of the best episodes of sitcoms ever his story was he walks onto this to a lot of desilu asks the guy hey you got any jobs going and he says sure come on in and he becomes a pa on the lucy on i love lucy that's it's those oh kind of God. stories <laughs> You know, where I'm like, how, what was Hollywood? Uh, you know, I, uh, it right. wasn't that for the whole 18 years I lived in LA, but you know what? <laughs> I've heard enough of those stories where I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's not exactly, maybe it's not for me, but it, I love hearing these stories. I love when like something just by chance, but not yeah. just by chance. Like you sat there, you were singing, you were enjoying yourself. You're doing a thing that not all of us had the guts to do. And because of that, that's holy cow. I love that. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's and so and not not doing it to impress her because I didn't know her who her husband was. I didn't sure. know anything about her, you know, per se. So yeah. that was crazy, crazy. That's so funny. Yeah. Let's let's skip back. Um, what's <laughs> what's uh, okay, so uh, eleven years his junior. So so to a certain extent, like you by the time he's in high school and, and 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 maybe already performing you're you know real young but do you remember the did you did he sing was there singing in the house did you watch him perform when he was younger in high school or junior high or anything uh yes we we used to see um my mother always thought that cleveland was going to be a preacher man uh -huh. and oddly enough he wins a tony for <laughs> being a preacher man <laughs> so good because it's so good he would be the one that would uh, would act like he was preaching and performing for 
the kids in the community or he might stand up on the car before he would get in trouble and to get off of the hood, get off of the car. And he would be the one up there preaching and, and trying to sing, which sounded like he was trying to sing, which later we saw, because I'm sure he took vocal lessons and everything when mm -hmm. he knew that he was going to have to be doing some singing or pearly or whatever, any of the other stuff that he may have, have sure. done. So, uh, yes, and we we knew that he was a definitely like our whole family, a man of faith. But it was kind of that's where it took off because we thought he was going to be a preacher because he yeah. would do things in church and to be in plays and different things like like that. But mm -hmm. what kids when you're in a church war, you all have the Christmas plays and the Easter plays. So mm -hmm. that's not anything unusual so right yes to see him that and and i was i'm the baby uh of the family and mm -hmm. he was basically the oldest even though we had a, a half brother which we never referred to him as a step brother any of that who was uh i was uh what what i'm trying to think the age of he was a broad age difference but when okay. my mom when my dad married my mom he was i believe they told me two or three years old okay so okay my, that's the oldest brother and then so he he passed he died as well he transitioned but he would have been in his 90s okay my oldest wow. brother would wow have been in his, yeah he was he would have been in his 90s but the four of us from the same mom and dad was my brother Cleveland, who was the oldest from from that marriage, and then uh, my brother Roy, who is still alive, and my sister, who is still alive, and then me. So mm -hmm. I'm the baby. My sister's five years older. My living brother is ten years older, and he and Cleveland were like just a year apart. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but your question, I don't even know if I asked the question. <laughs> answer the I question. was, you, no, you, you did because you know you you talked a bit about you know the type of that he was a performative kid, which makes sense. A lot right. of us were a lot, of, but right. you know this is also not like an unusual story. I, there's this comedian who uh, through this show, his name was Dick Davey, and I was trying to uncover his real identity because Dick Davey was a stage name, although I wasn't sure of that. Long story short, <laughs> when I uncovered this guy who's got a supposed Arkansas accent, it turns out he's a Jewish kid from Manhattan whose dad was a rabbi and whose dad expected him to also be a rabbi because his dad had been a rabbi. Mm -hmm. And so... But it's always, you know, and there's no, I've talked to his family and it, it, it's not clear about how religious or a-religious he was. So I'm not sure how much of that turned him to be a performer. But it is always interesting when there's this assumption or this is like, well, Cleveland's probably going to become a preacher. And then he's like, it's maybe not a disappointment, but like, uh, oh, okay. Well, it makes sense. If he's not going to be a preacher, he's going to perform. Because they are just so similar. The His magnetism is ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> You know, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I know that it was heartbreaking mm -hmm. for my my mom mm -hmm. more than my dad. OK, when he I think the fact of not about him being an actor, but the fact that it was taking him away from her from oh, San Diego. And now he's going in to New York, the big city and sure. whatever little my parents knew about it. They knew that. We, we're nervous. I just don't want our son to, to go away and he's going to be in New York. And they were key, 
but I'd never blame them because I was part of the key. When, when I graduated from high school, Cleveland wanted me to come to New, live with him in New York, and he was going to pay for me to go to Juilliard's School of Music. Do you Holy hear me when I say that? Are you kidding but me? <laughs> I, I was dating, thought I was in love, asked uh-huh. me, did I ever marry this dude, asked me whatever, is he in my life today? No. <laughs> right. And my first thing was like, oh, that'll be, he said, you've got to come. This is the top school you gotta come because you know you've got the voice you have you you just we want to just continue to develop it and give you the and I'm sure he told my mom and dad they were so glad they weren't that happy that I was all in love and tied up with this guy and had my focus all out of whack but they at that point I know in their heart of hearts was like thank God for that boy that she's not going to end up marrying but thank God that's why she kind of was like iffy about going and he was so pissed off at me (laughs) (laughs) he's like oh okay you're just gonna miss out i said well i'm going to i'm going to college i'm going to san diego state university i'm going to major in music he said no that's different i'm talking about juilliards are you talking are you hearing me so (laughs) wow anyway yeah wow for him, that was something that they kind of, uh, my mom more than my dad, because dad, you know, usually most fathers are like, yeah, go get them, go do what you gotta do. You sure. know, she was sad a little bit, but she got over it because he made a point of trying to always keep in touch. But then that created a problem because while he was gone and busy, mom had to understand that he can't be calling you every day. Right. He's rehearsing. He's trying to read his line, study his line, all of that stuff. So yeah. it's not going to be, he just doesn't call and I don't get, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what, that's what moms expect. And I get it. I get it though. Like that's got to, that had to have been, gosh. Yeah. Cause I, it sounds like you were very tight knit regardless of the gap though, regardless of the gap. If you, if, if, if your mom was that, for lack of a better word, clingy. You must have been a pretty tight knit family. Yeah, yeah, very tight knit family. Yeah, very, very tight knit. What do you? What uh, I? I'd like. To, I'm always curious about the things that bring family together or keep the family together. Obviously, like I didn't grow up with religion, but it is an obvious thing that I know keeps families together and is so hugely important. Obviously, it was important to your family. Was there anything? The thing that we end up talking about on this show that I think for some people probably replaces religion is comedy or performance. Is there anything that was in the house? Any music or comedy in the house? Like, did you have comedy records? Did you have anything you guys would listen to together? Um, no, because we were all such entertainers. We entertained everybody. It was that kind of thing. If, if, if we, if mom and dad, if they had people over for a dinner or if it was during the holidays and people were over, or it didn't even have to be a special event, mm-hmm. I could always be, you could be confident that my mom would say, Deanna, come here. I want you to say, sing sing for them sing for them so and it got to a point where even though i love to sing so i was kind of like a little showboaty like that so <laughs> i wasn't the kid was like oh, i wasn't shy <laughs> right right wasn't shy so i'd say okay and i would be like nine years old or something eight years old and okay what do you want me to sing <laughs> whatever you want to sing 
And I think it wouldn't take me long and I'd start singing and they were all like, oh, it might be a gospel song or mm -hmm. it could be a, a, a secular song, something that my little mind would remember from hearing on the radio, an R&B song. Sure. I, I never liked the blues ever, okay. even as I grew up and began to work and be on the road with bands. I never don't we had other singers we had a guy who was a lead singer and then myself and another it was a group called sweet salvation it wasn't a gospel group but they mm -hmm. called themselves sweet salvation and i i was like i can't i i, I don't do blues well yeah so you guys pick all the other songs i want to bring songs that are bring life and love and encouragement sure and be up so they they had an issue i think i did one blues song and i don't even think i took the lead on it because i told them i don't want to do the blue but i did some background so the other girl in the group we were like a tony orlando and don you're too mm -hmm. young for that you, you don't oh, know, I know about who they that are. no i know who tony no. i mean i didn't grow up with them but i know who they are yeah so we were kind of like a group like that and the mm -hmm. song was and it started out like why well, i didn't like it it started out with the song was have you ever had the blues <laughs> <laughs> sit alone and just cry all day. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I can't handle it. Huh? <laughs> Not doing that one. Nope. Anyway. <laughs> you know what? I respect that. I respect the heck out of that because I'm... I'm a person who, you know, I interview a lot of comedians. I am a comedian myself on a level, not a stand-up, but I do other kind of comedy. And... I haven't run into this a lot when I interview comedians, but I hear it. I hear other comedians interviewed and they'll say, oh, yeah, I can't really watch comedy. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> what did you get into this business for? Are you insane? It's it's one of those, like, are you just sitting watching dramas all day? Because to me, watching a ton of dramas is the equivalent, I think, for you of performing the blues. I can't do I don't have time for this. I need yeah. as much elevation as I can during the day. Thanks so much. Life is difficult as it is. <laughs> right. and, and, I, and I love drama, but people uh -huh. look sure. at me like I'm crazy. I <laughs> like comedy, but I I don't do a lot of comedy. Mm -hmm. It's not that I don't like it. It's just sure. not my genre. It's just not what, what gets my attention. But you give me thrillers, yeah. sci-fi, sure. horror. Yeah. They're like, what? You? I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love all that. The, um, my son and I love to go to the movie. I love the the, the Marvel. I love all of that. Avengers. Yeah. Just it's and fun. again, true. Well, it's not out anymore. They had a, a series called. I think it's coming back. Dexter. I don't know. Oh, sure. Sure. It. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> this is what is wrong with you? And I even said, God. What is wrong with me? I, I can sit and people are like, how do you watch that stuff? I said, it's not that I said, it's intriguing to me. It's not that I, I want to kill somebody or do like Dexter, chop them up and put them in a, a Ziploc bag or uh, True Blood, the vampire. It's not that, but I love, I love the thrillers, the mm -hmm. stuff like that. I just finished uh, on, uh, was it Hulu, Netflix and Hulu, Manifest. It, mm -hmm. What? I don't, it's like amazing. Really? Okay, you didn't ask for all that, but ah, it, but I it, love it. No, but I love it. Th these are the kinds of things that get you into somebody's brain. I love it. I love this stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, what? Okay, well, actually, that that does beg the question. Um, if you know what kind of stuff was Cleavon into, what kind of stuff did he enjoy? Because I can't assume he only liked comedies and he only liked musicals. I'm curious if you got any thoughts on what he liked. He he loves 
that's the thing. He loved uh, drama, movies, and, and I, I can't remember some of the ones. It, it's, he was always saying, I just want, I mean, I love doing comedy. Most of the stuff that I'm booked, that they book me for, or that I am cast for, it's comedic. He said, but they need to see the other side of me. Sure. That's that's when, uh, you know, and I think he probably told his agent, like, you guys can send me out for other auditions or whatever other than, and that's when um, I first saw him as, uh, what is it, equal, but not justice. It was Sidney Portier and, um, oh, was the good one, wait, separate, but not, separate, but not equal. Okay. I think that was, yeah, separate, but not equal, I believe. So I, that was one of those type of drama, it was not comedy, but you know, yeah. you'd see him in Grease Lightning, and you'd see him in uh, episodes of 227 and sure. all, in the, all in the Family and all, and he did very, very well, you know, yeah, dear, dear John, you know, yes. in fact, he, he got an uh, Emmy, I think an Emmy, Mm-hmm. Or dear John, I had to. I can't. I'm trying. Yeah, to no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I I was annoyed that I did because I loved that show, but I was a little kid. My parents would not let me watch Blazing Saddles until I was a certain age. Um, so I didn't know <laughs> who he was when I first saw that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. You're, you're waiting. Yeah. So the Emmy. In fact, the the Emmy. Now that I remember, the Emmy that he won for Dear John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not. Uh, it was the pre-show for, mm-hmm. for uh, the Emmys. And so um, I had been invited. I worked at CBS at the time mm-hmm. um, and was invited to, they had no, they didn't know that he was my brother because I wasn't that type of person that walked around. Oh, did you know that? Uh-huh. People, <laughs> would, people would find it out. They'd stumble upon it sure. or they'd go and try to Google me up. And they're Googling for information about me and they see something like, that might pop up in one of their Googles, you know. Sure, sure. They say, they'll come back to me, somebody that maybe I've known for a couple of years. You never told me that Claybon Little was your brother. And I'd say, why would I have to tell you that Claybon Little is my, my, my brother? But anyway, so I was invited to the Emmy and we're mm-hmm. sitting, my husband and I, sitting at the table. And I forgot it was in Century City. I forgot at the big hotel, it wasn't at the Beverly Hills Hotel, I can't remember. So we're sitting. And they're doing all the pre pre-show awards. And so I knew Cleveland wouldn't be there. He knew he was nominated. I knew it. He said, I said, Well, who do you want me to thank if you win? He said, I'm not gonna win. I said, Well, send me something just in case. Little did he know. And I'm glad he sent. I wrote down, he said, Okay, just thank. And he thanked all of that. And then I added in my little stuff. Mm-hmm. And because he was doing a play, I'll never forget, he was doing a play in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So he was starring in a play there, so he couldn't. So I'm, we're all sitting at the table, and they get to the category, and he was in the, the category with um, Sammy Davis Jr. was in it. And so they're reading off, and they said, in Cleavon Little, and they said, and the Emmy goes to Cleavon Little. And I was like, and I, I, and my husband looked at me. I jump up from the table. I had my little notes there. I uh-huh. start, start running, and my husband tra- cracks up even to this day. He said because the, the the dress that I had on was just popping. They had the light because I was running. I wasn't sitting up the front, so mm-hmm. I was like running. And he said your hair was because my hair was straightened out. He said, your hair was flying. He said it was a moment that I wish. He said and your 
the lights were popping off. It was a, a bronze, silver, metallic blue, fitting, tight fitting uh, dress, you know, and I'm <laughs> trying to run with, and, oh my God. You know, and I was like, <sighs> you know, oh, oh, this is so great. I mean, like, you know, and I said, okay, get yourself together, sister, get it mm -hmm. together. And I went on to say, if he were here, well, if he told me to thank, and I read off, and I said, and of course, we thank the Emmys, we thank everybody, da, 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 and I said mm -hmm. that. And um, he's not going to believe this. I mean, he's sorry he couldn't be here. He's starring in a play, and he's a da 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 da. And so I went to one. They handed it to me. I actually uh, still have it. Oh, um, I was going to ask. I was yeah. wondering where that was. Great. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, went in the back and took pictures. I think they, I have a picture, one of the pictures that they took with, you know how they take you in the back and blah, 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 blah. Sure, sure. When I got back to the table, I called him on his, I called him and he said, what? I said, you won. He said, shut up. And I said, <laughs> no, he said, oh my God, call me back. She said, you're not telling the truth. I said, I'm telling you the truth. And my husband was standing there with me because I had walked out of the ballroom and my husband said, She's telling you the truth. It was like he didn't believe me. He didn't want to believe me. And that was that. It just blew him wow. blew him away. And yeah. me too. Yeah, of course. He, okay, so, all right. He's up against, uh, okay, you know what? I know Jack Guilford's son. He was up against Jack Guilford on the Golden Girl. That's a good series of episodes. Uh, Leslie Nielsen, uh, a gentleman named Robert Picardo from Star Trek, and absolutely Sammy Davis Jr. is the other one. Holy cow. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. Right, come on is the right word. Wow. I I was impressed with Leslie Nielsen. I mean, yeah, just right. Yeah, you know, Sammy. I said, okay, I, but I don't. Mm, sure, okay. sure. Yeah, but you know, I I loved. He was a good performer. He was a good stage man. He was a good biggest man. I've seen him in some stuff because he sure. and Frank Frank Sinatra and the the crew, the whole yeah. crew. I, there was three of them. It was Sammy, Frank Sinatra, and I cannot remember. Dean Martin, other. usually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you know. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so that wow. was that was pretty, pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, I mean, his his TV career is, uh, you know, is I think, again, all it's all before because the thing is, the sad thing is he passed away before I would have ever even known what Blazing Saddles was. So like I'm now having to learn all the stuff that I probably saw him in and didn't know who I was seeing. You know what I mean? The guy right. who would blow my mind. I, can we talk about Blazing Saddles? I got we, we got to get into it. I, here's the thing. There has never in maybe the history of protagonists coming on screen. Now, don't get me wrong. It starts with him early, but when he's in that, that outfit, there has never been a shining, more beautiful person on camera than when he comes in on that horse. And it's like, oh, oh I didn't know what I just signed up for. I did not know what this movie was until now. Oh. I'm like, And he's so oh. good anyway for the first 15 minutes, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, we're reintroducing you to Cleavon Little. So yes. Oh my God. And like you said, just that, that beautiful picture. We have a, a picture of him because mm -hmm. when he passed, there were a lot of things that uh, before he passed, uh, when he was on his sick bed, we say, mm -hmm. he, mm -hmm. would, he would say, take that, keep, he would tell me things, take that picture. Um, you can, and most of the family members, my brother and they all said, you know, you have more space, you have the house you know, where you can house all of this 
and it makes sense. That's kind sure. of so. And it's great to be, like you said, close knit, but that close where you're not fighting. No, I want that. I want that. No. Yeah. And because yeah. one of the things he said before he passed, he said, they're all things. Yeah. It's just things. Yeah. Don't fight over things. And I kind of looked at him and I said, what makes you? What makes you? Because he and I would always bounce back off of each other. What makes you think your stuff is so great that we're gonna fight over? (laughs) Calm down, brother. You know. (laughs) But anyway, so I do have a picture of him sitting on the horse. Um, I do. I do have framed his uh, star that he received from Hollywood Walk of Fame. I have have that it's on we have a, a room in our house uh where we call it the the green room but uh mm-hmm. the green room has the walls are full of pictures of family all of his stuff we have tons of just posters i have oh. some blazing saddle posters that a uh, co- one of my co-workers husband worked on the uh on the show on the graphics and she mm-hmm. gave me all of the uh, he gave me all the original stuff which we got uh, are right. you kidding me oh right man. You just right. Wow. Okay. I cried. It was again a coworker who yeah. I had no idea, and she had no idea until later. We worked together for about eight, nine years, but midway through, she discovered that, and she says, "You're kidding me." Hmm. She said, "You've got to be kidding me." My husband worked on that movie and worked on, and I said, "Really?" So we chat about it, and like a yeah. about a month later. She brings it. They're all they're rolled up. They're the the, the fly the big. Yeah. And she brought it in, and I just. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh my God! I so, will, to speak to that, I will say I don't. I can't hang it in here yet because I don't have room or the height. I have a subway poster of Blazing Saddles. It's not in great shape, but it's about as tall as me. And I will tell you, I've poured over the details because you can look and see all the detail that was put into just painting this ridiculously goofy poster. And it's, <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's yes. so much work. That's great. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's just it's just amazing. And he's always he's always here because he's mm-hmm. always in in our house and even with the rest of the family, because there are so many items, so many things, you know, sure. like um, he had given me but I. This was before, of course, way before he even got sick. And I still have it today, the most beautiful uh, baby grand piano. And he, I guess, he would just buy stuff. I think I'm going to learn how to play the piano. So he gets this, and I'm looking at it right now because I'm in our piano room. I, I, should, I could turn around, but I'm not going to go through all that. But it was um, a, a black, beautiful baby grand. You know, mm-hmm. put the top of the whole thing. And I'm like... How many times have you played that? This is before he got sick. Uh-huh. Don't worry about it. But when <laughs> if I, somebody comes over and they know how to play, or if I'm having a party and I hire a pianist, they can come in. They already have it right here. I said, oh, okay. So anyway, we have so many things that even mm-hmm. as I'm talking to you that I, I'm looking at right now. So yeah. many p- pieces that uh, we have in our home that yeah. keep him close to our heart. That's so sweet. I love hearing that stuff. That's wow. (laughs) A piano that he didn't even play. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
when when Blazing Saddles came about, did was it something he told you about? Like, because Mel Brooks was not a household name, household name just yet. Like, this is the movie that kind of did it because he'd done other stuff. He'd done the producers, obviously, but this is the big one. So, like, right. did did he talk to you about the movie as he was making it? Any of his projects, but this one specifically? Um, yes, he, he talked about most of them because most of the time we talk, I say, "What are you doing now?" And he said, yeah. "I'm working on this, this, this play." Um, and he tell me the name "Mid Midsummer Night's Dream." You know, he mm-hmm. did some Shakespearean stuff, a lot of and a lot of stuff I didn't know, just like you and the world. Mm-hmm. do not know and some things when i go back and look at maybe uh imdb or his wikipedia or pull up his name and i'm like i didn't know he he did that yeah yeah and and then i have uh those old uh what do they call them video we call them videos the ones you pop in the sure the, yeah, no yeah and i have like all most of a lot of his movies and and some of the stage plays but he would he would talk about things but not a whole lot mm-hmm. because I know then just as well now. I mean, afterwards we talked about, but when you're doing stuff, yeah. you have to do that NDA. They don't, you can't talk, talk, talk about this until after it's out. But after it came out, and then also um, I got some of the raw, he had it, footage of things that were not in the movie. Honey, oh goodness that gracious. you think it was your mama didn't let you. Your mama still wouldn't let you watch it right now. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> because, uh, some of the the stuff I'm not even going in into it. Uh-huh. He told me he said, "Oh well, this is the line that was supposed to go there." When she said, "It's it's true, it's true, it's true," <laughs> and I'll leave it right. I'll leave that for your imagination, Jason. <laughs> um, and so they uh, have a lot of things going on in there. I said, yeah, because some people don't even want their kids to watch it because they're sitting around the campfire farting. Yeah, I said, yeah. I that is classic. <laughs> I just like, oh my god, I was screaming <laughs> through that movie the whole doggone time, and and he said, let me let me whip this out on you. And of course, you, you know the movie. You said yeah, of right, I do. <laughs> right, and all of the other stuff that during that day, Jason, when we fast forward, it might be the reason why they're still airing it. That, that was a real sensitive, edgy, mm-hmm. all that you could name movie yeah. that yeah. Mel Brooks and that thing came out with a vengeance and did very well and is still telling a story today but uh he didn't talk about again before because i'm sure yeah if you asking me that i'm thinking probably because he just he just couldn't and you know he replaced because there was some stuff going on with richard Pryor, right you know with the yeah. drugs and on all the other stuff so that was truly uh um you don't open your mouth yeah yeah and so be it you know yeah, I, you know, I've run through it several times in my head. I'm like, what would that movie have been with Richard Pryor? I love Richard Pryor, but what would that movie have been? It doesn't, it's not the same thing. It's not, I don't know. And, and honestly, I'm going to tell you, I'll, I'll say this. I'm betting for white audiences. He would have been too acerbic. You have to have 
the sweetest, best-looking man on the planet walk in instead because white audiences are, are already apparently afraid of black folks. I mean, that's how that, that's how they always exactly. treated him. You know what I mean? So it's exactly. like, oh, God. So it exactly. has to be the gentlest spirit on the planet walking on screen exactly. so that they'll take it seriously. So that was ordained. When yeah. I say that yeah. we have things, you know, when you talk about the family coming together and being a uh, uh, faith-based family, mm-hmm. there are things that are just destined for you and i couldn't just like you said i couldn't imagine seeing because he's he's goofy he's a comedian yeah absolutely uh richard Pryor, not only is he goofy and a comedian he looks goofy sure i mean so you wanted somebody would have the finesse and that look and is beautiful Mm -hmm. and poised all of that yeah. Which is natural for him. That was yeah. not his character. Right. But it brought he brought it to it. I just couldn't imagine when I think back. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. He I he walked so he walks like a dancer too. It's one of those things you can notice. Was he a dancer for a long time? Because the only clip I've seen from Pearly is not that complicated to dance. It's great because it's him and I'll I'll watch it, doesn't matter. But was like what was his experience in dance? Not not a dancer. Really? I mean, you know, you get him in a nightclub and you get sure, him at a sure. party and he can two-step and bounce to the left and yeah, do yeah. a little whatever. But as far as what was on that left on that stage, what he yeah, put yeah. on that stage, he that was work for him. Wow. Trust me. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Again, I, you talked about poise and I'm like, yeah, he kind of walks like a dancer. That's really funny that he wasn't. He was no, he was wasn't. trained only. He that's that's so much work. I, I have zero ability to dance, so I respect anybody who can pull anything. Right, right. From that. Wow. And they probably would have given him even more steps, but mm-hmm. because you, if you notice some of the steps when if you see the movie, you'll see it. They were mainly just side to side, taking a little step, taking that the leg up, like you mm-hmm. probably see on the album where uh, yep. new thing, you know, just done done this kind of side step and stuff. But there was nothing intense, you okay. Know? And on the on this the heels of Pearly, and I know we don't have a, a whole lot of time, but um, there is a writer and a producer here. There's several of them here in Atlanta. But uh, she came to me and she said, "I just loved Pearly. Mm-hmm. I have this vision." She said, "I want to bring Pearly to New uh, to Atlanta." bring it meaning to cast it here she said and it might be on a small scale i don't know if we're going to do an intimate uh theater or something big she said but i'm working on it and i want you to to be in it and i said oh wow (laughs) and she said and i she said and i want to get your permission because we know you're talented we're not just bringing it bringing you here just because we know we can use your brother's name Mm -hmm. but we want to position it like the sister of and mm-hmm. playing um, uh, the character that I played in there. And I said, I would be honored. Mm-hmm. But opening night, I mean, we did rehearsals. We went through rehearsals. The guy they uh, cast for my brother was amazing during rehearsal. But opening night, I could hardly contain myself, especially at the end where there's the big dialogue Mm-hmm. That that actually uh, brings a whole thing together. 
And I remembered that, not remember, of course, I couldn't forget that at my brother's homegoing, when, when uh, he transitioned and we had his funeral, uh, the people that helped to put, help us, the family put things together, did a video and they put it up. And in the video, he's riding, you know, he rides off in the sunset. I'm getting a little emotional right mm -hmm. now. In the movie, he rides off into the sunset in, in Blazing Saddle. And they take him riding off in the sunset. And then the dialogue from Pearlie, oh. where he talks about, he's talking, he's the pastor in the church talking to the congregation. And he's telling them to be kind to yourself. Love, and he's going on and he's preaching. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh this is and i just of course it fit the role that i had because people in the audience could see my tears and the majority of them knew that i was his sister and he says and 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 don't forget and he said don't forget to be to be something out to be nice to the white folk and da, 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 he's going through all of that and and he's riding off into the sunset while that dialogue is going on sitting in this massive church at his homegoing service. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine no. how that wiped everybody out? Mm -hmm. So, oh, uh, gosh. yeah, that was, um, wow. Something else. But. I, I bet. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I, I watched a very brief interview with him around the time he, no, not around the time. It was the time he was doing, uh, I'm not Rappaport. And a lot of it was they're talking about, hey, how do you prepare to play like an 80 year old man for parts of it? And he was talking about like basing some of it off of your father. And like he's like he worked on some of the physicality and the voice. But he was saying that like he didn't think that when he did Blazing Saddles that he was mature enough to do enough with that role. Um, I would disagree, but I understand that on a personal level, like he must have felt that way. And then at the same time, he also said he never like this is such a big thing to say. He never knew happiness until he moved back to New York to do theater. Which is like, wow, he really needed it. Needed it. Yes, yes. He loved New York, I tell you that. Yeah. To the point where we had to say, you were born in Oklahoma, he said. <laughs> I said, that and your home is San Diego. He said, my home is New York. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you're disowning your home. My, I'm going home. When he would come home, to san diego or whatever to visit you are at home no i'm going home I'm not, he never said i'm going back to new york yeah. he loved new york and he made me love it would never want to i wouldn't want to live there but every sure. time that i went and i would visit with him i loved it i said because he was right in the heart of the city it was mm -hmm. like i'm like are we gonna ride drive somewhere why are we gonna walk everywhere it's too <laughs> hot out he said no and of course I remember my first time there. I thought that the pedestrians had the right of way. That's all I've ever oh, known in my life. And I remember he was standing talking to someone who had stopped him on the street. We were out shopping. He was taking me shopping. And we were out there on this. And so I was standing there waiting for him. And I'm like, he's talking too long. I'm saying this. I'm just going to go across the street. And I, I went to start walking across the street. And I was telling him, I'm going. And he says, get out. He's yelling at me. And I'm like, and I ran back to, and he says, girl, you do not have the right of way here. I don't even care if your light's green. 
these they don't care about you they're these cab drivers they are and i'm like okay well you live and you learn you almost died and and didn't learn you know <laughs> anyway so yeah like you said new york yeah. he loved new york he loved the stage and he would always get a little nervous when he was either auditioning for something be it tv or feature and not all the time but something that he would really want he would call me and he'd say okay i'm up for this blah 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 mm -hmm. and i really want it let's pray yeah. you know people didn't really know that about about him sure yeah, yeah. wow yeah uh he he in this one interview he's very like He's very soft spoken. He's also being asked like <laughs> a lot of questions that are, <laughs> I think, uh, the kind of thing a white person asks a, a, a black actor. Can you please encompass all of Black history in 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 five minutes? Can you just give me tell me everything? You know, and it's and so he's like very soft spoken and trying to like gently. But was he? Do you think he's generally like this soft spoken of a person? Because it sounds like he or what. That nervousness you're talking about, was that an all-encompassing thing? Was that a big part of who he was? Was that a big part of his energy? Or was he not generally a nervous person? Um, he's not generally a nervous person. Okay. But he was pretty much always a soft-spoken person. Okay. And because he always had to be so big all the time, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I, the soft-spoken person could come from, if I was trying to analyze it, because, well, you get us at home and the family and all of us, you, he's going to be loud. No, no, no. I remember, girl, when you <laughs> blah, 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 and you couldn't pay your bill and you had to come, you had to come and ask me for some money. I said, I really never really asked you a lot for money. So we get back in that banter where you, you <laughs> did. And then one of the other siblings would say, yeah, she's the only one that would, because I was the one that was just like, oh, I'm going to fly now, flying high now, without a <laughs> pot to piss in, I'm, you know, just so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're going to do all that. You need to get a job first because uh, my brother would say, I worked while I was in New York, even though I said, I had a scholarship, but I still had to pay for my room. Mm -hmm. And my I had, to, I had to have some money for an apartment, you know, and stuff like that. So I worked. So I worked and did stage and did everything else for a while until things got really great where he, you know, got him up couple of places in in LA in Los sure, Angeles sure, and yeah. had his place in, in uh, New York but um yeah he was a soft soft spoken and um but there was you know when somebody can be soft spoken but there's fire oh yeah yeah that's another thing i could see in the interview he wanted yeah. to say more i thought yeah but right maybe that's what right all of what you just said yeah there's a quick thing where he's talking about just again he's trying to have to encompass like is is hollywood and stage integrated enough the answer is always going to be no but he's like well we're doing okay he's like no i like seeing eddie murphy richard Pryor. he's like but they're comedians who can act and that's when the fire starts to burn where he wants to be like let's see more actors who are who are actors who aren't just comedians and like that's when you can notice a slow low burning fire that wants to come out and i probably didn't until that night when he got on stage right because he didn't want to uh be a offensive because that word would get back it's like yeah those yeah. are my those are my 
my brothers, you yeah. know, and I, I'm not going to be out. I'm not going to let anybody trap me into talking bad or not yeah. su- supporting, you know, yeah. he would get, he would get frustrated though with, with things. Um, I, I'd never really, to be honest with you, I'd never really heard him bad mouth or say anything. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. about any actor, because I don't think I ever really asked him acting why, and then things that he would say to me would be things that he would trust that I wasn't going to go out there because I knew the nature of the, the climate that all somebody wants to do is to hear something negative so they can run, run yeah. back. Um, yeah. But uh, to be very honest with you, and, and this is not trying to cover as I'm trying to reflect and think. Mm-hmm. I never, never, and that gets me emotional too. And that's a sure, yeah. good thing for you to bring up. I'd never hear him say anything really bad about any actor. Yeah. No, no matter what color, for that matter. Sure. As I'm thinking, you're gonna have me thinking now. <laughs> I will say. I will just say, if you want to, <clears throat> him and Gene Wilder are one of the best pairings that's ever appeared on tele in, in films. Um, and I don't know. It's, and it's one of the many reasons I love blazing saddles. One of the many reasons a few years ago, I was very excited to do blazing saddles on stage, uncomfortable mm-hmm. as I was having to say some of the dialogue, but it was a lot of fun doing the show. Um, uh, it, that, that movie means a lot to me. Cleavon little means a lot to me, but he means so much more now that I, you gave it's an honor that you were willing to speak to me about his life because it's not my business unless you make it my business and it's very nice of you it's very kind of you yes he loved gene wilder i bet i just wanted to say that i bet they just seem like two sweet sons of guns who just i don't know they they must have clicked because to work that fast when gene wilder was also hired at the last minute (laughs) like come on i mean (laughs) you would think well, that they were best friends. And they could have been. Now, that mm-hmm. I don't know that much, but I do know sure. that when he would talk about, you know, if I would ask him about, he said, he is a who. We just played <laughs> off of it. The chemistry was so amazing. He was that way with um, Dear John. Okay. okay. How uh, uh, Judd Hirsch. Oh, now, that one I knew uh-huh. was his best friend. Really? When I say best friend, yeah. I, I know that. And that's not just because people oh yeah, that's me. You sometimes we throw that this sometimes we as people we throw that, oh that's my best friend, that's my BFF. No, it's Absolutely. not. <laughs> you, you haven't talked to that person in five years and, and you don't even know where they're at right now. How can that be your BFF all of a sudden? But Judd Hirsch, yeah, when I tell you, um, all the way to the very end. And that's why I know uh, Cleveland didn't want to tell anybody. That's why he came home to California when he got really sick. He didn't mm-hmm. want, he wanted to be home mm-hmm. as opposed to in New York. And he didn't want anybody to know. And I think many people today are maybe angry at him because they didn't have any closure because they didn't even know he was sick. And the yeah. next thing they hear, it's all blasted out there it's in the in the news in the yeah. run the radio that he's gone and they're like what are they talking about this is a joke and right. so 
Uh, but there were those that he would call up. And I remember the day that when he was, the day before he passed on, he was at home, asked, uh, he said, uh, Dow Judd, here's a, his numbers in my book. Dialed him, put the phone to his ear. I, I can't remember if he had gotten that week where he couldn't really hold the phone. He mm -hmm. may have, and, um, and he said, I'm about to check out of here. This is what he told everybody that he would have us to call. He'd say, I'm about to check out of here. And they would say, what are you talking about? Uh. And he would go on to explain to them. And I'm there just pretty much almost crying with every call that he made me hold the phone to see it. Even Oof. with my dad, he didn't want my dad. Oh my gosh. And my mom had already passed and my dad had remarried. So he didn't want my dad and my stepmom at that time to know. Wow. And my dad didn't believe him because he, they were all, my dad was comedic too. My dad okay. was always okay. a jokester. Like, <clears throat> boy, stop playing. Yeah. And I, he would say, and I asked, what did dad say? He said, boy, stop playing. And that's when my brother <laughs> responded to him and he said, I'm going to see mama before you are. Meaning I'm going to heaven, mom. And so wow. then I think my stepmom got on the phone because he, I think my dad had said, he's crazy. He's talking crazy. But with Judd Hurst, back to Judd Hurst, he said, Judd, this is what's happening. And I need for you to take care of my family. Take care, not financially, but sure, sure, sure. take care of my family because um, I want to have a, a, a memorial in New York mm -hmm. because they're, they're going to do one in, in California. But I wanted in New York. Uh, I want you to pay for the flights for my family, family member. He was saying this to, to mm -hmm. Judd Hurst and uh, take care of their hotels. Yeah. Basically, just, just saying, I'm, I, he said, I want you, he didn't even break it all down as clearly, but that's what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah, said, yeah. I want you to get them there. I want you. And uh, uh, I don't know if he even later, even about the yacht, because my brother was cremated that he wanted his ashes to be spread in the Hudson River. Mm -hmm. And so he just wanted the family to be on the, the, the yacht, the boat, mm -hmm. the yacht, and to go out. And we had, it was difficult for me because, you know, they know I'm the one that usually is kind of the spokesperson and a little singer and let's have a little service sure, here. Sure, yeah. And I just said, I, I can't, not, I can't. I went back into the, what do they call it? The galley the, the, mm -hmm. and sat down and, Wow. I said, I can't, I can't even watch that. I can't, I can't. Sure. But uh, Judd took, he took care of us and, and the people that were there that uh, someone coordinated, helped to coordinate all of who they could contact there in, in New York. And I remember Holly, Holly Robinson, Pete mm -hmm. sang, she sang. Wow. Uh, I can't remember the song, but uh, yeah, her and, and Dolores Robinson were very close Holly Robinson's mom, mm -hmm. uh, they were very, very close. Uh, he was like a dad to Holly yeah. and, a and a brother to uh, Dolores Robinson. But wow. so that all being being said, yeah, he he had he and Judd so much so that when Judd uh, got the um, Tony for I'm not Rappaport, mm -hmm. he made my my brother was like, no, no, this is your he made my brother uh, come out on on stage and he said, mm -hmm we're sharing this, this is wow. our Tony. Because if you saw the play, it was really the two of them. Mm -hmm. sure, I'm sure. not Rappaport, it was just the two. And they had a few people in the park, a few cat, but it was just the two of them. So. Wow.
Anyway, my yap yap boy. No, 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 that's not yapping. Mm -hmm. That's 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 some stuff. Again, stuff that I, uh, you know, none of my business till you make it mine, and I very much appreciate it. That's very sweet of you. Um, This has been so kind and wonderful and beautiful of you. Um, I I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to tell people where they can find you online, find your work. Where's your stuff? My stuff, you can, if you want to check me out, you just make sure you type the right name in there and don't type the wrong name like I did on that cash app and was able to retrieve the money that I sent to, <laughs> sent to somebody else. But uh, it, uh, you can find me. You want to know a little bit more about me, IMDb. Um, I'm on all social media platforms. My name, Dieta West on Facebook. Follow me there. You can keep up with some of the stuff that I'm doing that I can share and stuff right now that I cannot share because sure. I have this, uh, but it'll be coming out. You can find me on Twitter. Same mm-hmm. thing, Dia, at Dieta West. You can find me on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn. Those are the main social medias. And again, you just Google me up. You can find out what you need to know and check out some of my stuff. Go to Amazon Prime and Go and check out the Glorias. It's a story about Gloria Steinem, starring Julianne Moore, and some great cast. Bette Midler, wow. a great cast. I, I do like to put that plug in because it was a very special, special movie. I play Miss Miss Green. They have me aged up Amazing. a little, Love a little it. up a little more. So ch- check it out. Check it out. Uh, up TV. If you watch Up TV or uh-huh. Aspire, Aspire TV mm-hmm. um, during Christmas time, I. There's a, a franchise of Christmas movies that they run a mar- kind of a marathon that you you'll see me in during the, the holidays. So uh, love it and some up and coming stuff that um, welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins, mm-hmm. some great great stuff. Uh, the Preacher's Kid, starring Greg Allen Williams, who is an amazing actor and my acting coach. Uh, you Love remember that. him from Baywatch, Greg Allen sure, Williams. Sure, sure, Yeah, and he plays my husband in several movies. And mm-hmm. so um, just there you have it. There's a, and above all that, I'm just grateful that I am at the age of 71 and still operating in my calling and still in my right mind and mm-hmm. still taking these gifts that God has lavishly poured on me. And I'm not, it ain't over. <laughs> Until the fat lady sings, and there ain't no fat lady about to sing in my life right now. <laughs> also remind people, go buy Rocky Three on Blu-ray. Give a little extra cash to Dieta. That that little bit's going to go to Dieta. She'll get a check. Come on, now. <laughs> buy a case of them. Buy a case of Rocky Three Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank do you that. So much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is has been an honor. Legitimately, I, this has been beautiful. Um, thank you guys for listening. And as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. You can email us at podcast at comedyonvinyl.com. You can also send snail mail to Stolen Dress Entertainment, P.O. Box 805, Burbank, California, 91503. Subscribe to Comedy on Vinyl on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. 
give us a five-star rating, and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Comedy on Vinyl, or find everything in one place at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune in to the new Stand Up Records channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15 plus years. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah!